Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Uh, today we have a esteemed panelist, Teron Sims II, U.S. Army combat veteran, businessman, political leader, and a graduate of West Point. Today we're going to be discussing veterans moving forward in unity. Welcome, welcome, Teron. Hey, Dr. Arnold, uh, thanks for having me again. Oh, sure, absolutely. So tell us, what is about this whole thing about unity? I thought we were already uh, mar- marching together with our boots. <laughs> a good one right <laughs> yes um, <laughs> i would say that uh with respect to unity um you know sticking with the uh the subject matter what, what, what went down january 6th on capitol hill um people recognizing the fact that we aren't as unified as we may have thought we were mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and that um amongst it, you know, those of us who have been active and, and involved for a good while, like yourself, myself, uh, and other folks who we who we know, you know, know that there are issues that our country has always had issues, right? But right. Um, within our the you know within the ranks of our military, it was always assumed that uh, we were unified, uh, and then come to find out, though some of us were aware. Uh, the investigations that DOJ, the FBI are doing into the ranks of our military service members, even into the ranks of uh, the various agencies and Department of Homeland Security, and coming to find out that uh, white extremist groups have infiltrated in one manner or another our, our military ranks, right? And, and either using those as recruiting tools, um, like, the, like, like what happened with Jeffrey Dahmer, not Jeffrey Dahmer. I'm sorry. The guy who blew up the uh, Oklahoma, the federal building in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim McVeigh. Yeah, yeah. Tim, Timothy McVeigh. Yes, yeah. sir. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, you know, uh, Secretary Austin, Secretary of Defense, for for the listeners who don't know, mm-hmm. um, is, is making a concerted effort to clean out mm-hmm. extremism within our military because if we aren't unified, mm-hmm. uh, then we can't be successful in our mission. Wow. That is really that's a deep deep comment you just made, <laughs> you, know, you know, and and that is something that you know if we're fighting for um, everyone who's in this country, right, um, and we're overseas fighting, and when we're at home, we still have uh, responsibilities as service members, either when we're either actually serving or when we're retired, we have to be part of the mix of making sure that the country is moving in the right direction is protected. And uh, how can you protect the country when you have dissension among your own ranks, right? Exactly, exactly. And as you as, yeah. as you know, if mm-hmm. you were deployed, mm-hmm. um, you got to be able to have faith, trust, and confidence in, in the men and women you're working with. Oh yeah, especially in a combat environment, right? And That's so right. Um, there's always going to be that socioeconomic, religious, racial you know, ethnic difference. Yeah, those are always going to exist because we're all, you know, we're all unique people. Um, but when it comes to the faith, trust, and confidence in someone with respect to me being confident that 
they'll have my back. Um, if I have to worry about their views on me as a person, right? Right. Then right. that that confuses that confuses everything, and it 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 doesn't make well for leadership to create the the needed unit cohesion in order to be effective and successful. That's right, and you know within my unit, you know I had a you know whether a person was white, whether they were. Uh, you know, uh, American Indian or East Indian, or whether they were, you know, from the uh, from the islands, from uh, you know, f- from one of the um, you know areas of uh, the Asian islands and that kind of thing, and and it didn't make a difference to me if they were part of my family, and I had a right. very very close relationship with many people. So it's not all the people who are in the military that have that. Uh, thought pattern. So we have a lot of white brothers and sisters who are in the military that are our family and it's the ideology. It's when you start uh, changing your mind, just like the Taliban, right? You have people who are really great people in Iraq and and in Afghanistan and over in the Middle East. They're God-fearing. They're Muslim. They, They believe in their faith and they believe in the right things for people. But then you have some extreme people who just disregard humanity, dis- disregard your right to be a person. And that is something we cannot uh, have within this country where our, our founding principles and our Constitution uh, work against that. So how can you be part of that if uh, you are fighting for those other principles, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, you can't be. You, you, you literally have to be a conflicted person. Yes, yes. So, so what, what would you recommend for us to do? You know, you know, there's so many different areas that you were mentioning, you know, the business um, community, the political leadership community, the, you know, the, the things that are going on with people who were combat veterans who came back to the country, who were fighting for veterans' rights for disabilities, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. What, what, what do you think we need to do as service members to form that uh, greater unity? You know, because we, 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 the military and the army, they say an army of one, right? And the Marines right. is a, fr- a few, the proud, you know, the, the brave, the Marines. Uh, we have we have different slogans for each of these branches, but I respect people from all branches of service, whether it is the Army, it's the Marines, the Navy, the Air Force, or the Coast Guard, and that we have to realize that we are part of one blood and that uh, we have to be unified. So what would you suggest that we do to get that closer cohesion, even uh, either while we're in service or after when we become veterans? So, you know, I honestly believe that at the end of the day, we're all doing the right thing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. um, I can't speak for you, but I assume (laughs) that like me, Mm -hmm. um, there are – there, there is a, a group of folks who, with whom you serve, who you still keep in touch, right? Yes, who, yes, yes. You, you may not necessarily do the same things. You know, you're doing your thing, they're doing their thing, but you have that bond, yes, right? Yes, yes, um, yes. And so, even for me, and yeah. I've got, I've got, I've got a friend who, let's just say, I've got a few friends. You know, especially with President Trump having been president, it kind of you know, peel back the layer of onions of how some people think with respect to the ideology. But we've still maintained our, we have still maintained our friendships, um, despite 
um, that, lack of a better way of saying it, right? And so I think for the most part, because of, and, and, I, and you can appreciate this as well, but that bond of combat, right? Right, I think right. It helps keep us together despite, at least the majority of us, uh, together as friends, however you would define that word, um, despite uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the negativity that's that's been occurring, say, the past four to six years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for the most part, veterans, the mass majority, I'd even say 99% of veterans are doing the right thing, whatever those right things may be. May be. I believe, though, that moving forward, because we've recognized, and I say we, I'm talking the federal government and uh civilian leadership have now recognized that our military is being exploited by these white extremist groups to either recruit or send young men and women in to get the training, you know, do the three-year minimum and then come out and go back and join their, you know, go join their ranks. I believe what needs to occur at the uh, within DOD is just as as you know there's you know there there are both physical and let's say academic mental um, tests that recruits have to go through before mm-hmm. even going through the official recruiting process right right there's they DOD needs to craft some type of psychological examination mm-hmm. um, let's say that test for racism, uh, xenophobia, misogyny, you know, misogyny, um, mm-hmm. what's the other one? People prone to, to sexual assault. Um, I think applying a test like that at the early stages for any man or woman who's attempting to either uh, go, go the enlisted route, the academy route, the ROTC, or the ROTC route, mm-hmm. um, because then that would at least weed out a good number of those folks who would attempt to uh, enter our, our military either under bad pretenses or they just aren't uh, legitimate leadership material. Okay, right. And they wouldn't be fighting for the things that we uh, you're supposed to be joining for, right? So that uh, that, that that makes a total sense to me. Uh, I really like that idea. Um, and, and you know, now we're going to a time period where we have a lot of uh, homeless veterans still, and we have unemployed mm-hmm. veterans, and then we'll have veterans who are going to be you know retiring from the military. Uh, but many times, the people don't realize that uh, you can actually retire after you know 20 years or 30 years in the military. And if you start at a young age, that leaves you with that went that uh, you know gray zone before you have become 65, and people have to go and find other employment after leaving the military. So the, all right. of these people have these MOSs, right? These skills, military occupational specialties. And uh, the question I have is, you know, right now we have the Biden administration talking about the future of our country, the rebuilding of the mm-hmm. infrastructure, the, you know, the new technologies coming out for green technologies. Where, where do you think veterans fit in with that, you know, as far as the job market is concerned? I think this is a prime opportunity mm-hmm. um, for our country to reinvest in our veterans. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tackle this 
from two perspectives. So I, I spoke on a panel with Secretary Clinton back in 2016, mm-hmm. when she was still running. And one of the things I told her, and as you can attest there, you know, you're a medical doctor, so you have real skills. But um, mm-hmm. for those of us who don't have real skills like you, right, like the biggest attribute to those of us who serve is our leadership, right, the intangible. Mm-hmm. You know, our ability to motivate and inspire others to accomplish a mis- mission, accomplish a task, right? Okay. Um, and then you go one step lower, and, then, and there are, you know, ret- veterans who have an actual tangible skill that they can apply. Um, and so, you know, it's, a, it's an area where we need to, you know, proverbially, those who are, um, who will be in a, in a position to take advantage of the infrastructure, the infrastructure legislation uh, once it gets passed in whatever form it gets passed. Um, to one, not just look at veterans for their skill sets, because obviously the welders will get jobs, right? Um, the electricians will get jobs and so forth. Um, hopefully, you know, there are areas that need more hospitals. So obviously, you know, those individuals with, with, with medical backgrounds will be able to find employment. But also, you know, the, the need for them to look past just that piece and where there are actual, you know, managerial-type positions, being able to look at a veteran's resume and say, okay, they may not have um, – they may not check all the boxes for a particular position, but because they have proven – their ability to lead X number of people and oversee Y amount of, you know, dollar value equipment that um, they have the ability to be successful in these roles as well. Um, also, with the fact that, you know, that we're, you know, a lot of veterans are, well, when they're in active duty or out of they'll always get retrained, mm-hmm. whether, it's, whether it's your basic, like, uh, type training with, you know, PLDC or uh, CASU to, you know, CGSC or the dance course or Sergeant Major's Academy or things like that. Right. Um, because we're going to be introducing a lot of new technology, understanding that veterans have actually a higher than the general population academic IQ and ability to learn and take mm-hmm. in knowledge right. and apply right. that knowledge in a tangible manner. Mm-hmm. So hopefully there will be initiatives to um, tap into to that veterans, mm-hmm. right, are able to take advantage, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the quote-unquote green jobs. Um, I do know of some veteran organizations and companies that are in this space um, that are working to take advantage of this once it um, gets signed into law. So, yeah, hopefully that hopefully that will happen. Okay, fantastic. Well, how can people get in touch with uh, Veterans United? Because I know you're doing a lot of great work out there, and your organization is actually helping veterans all the time. Uh, so how, how do people, you know, tune into your uh, station, or <laughs> how do they get in, in touch with your website uh, or phone number? Well, Glenda, go, going to Glenda Smith would probably be the easiest route. Okay. And then she can uh, get a hold of me. Okay. That. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm really proud of all the work you're doing right now. Um, you know, w- this thing about veterans moving forward in unity is essential. 
Uh, it's time for people to come together. It's time for people to uh, recognize the really the, the vast talents we have and those veterans who are already employed, watching out for other veterans of their job opportunities that come up. And then also the integration into the, you know, into the new economy, the, the infrastructure rebuilding. And I am so glad I to, to see this country finally, finally moving forward. So I, I have to thank you, uh, America's Heroes Group Roundtable with the partner Veterans United. Thank you, uh, Teron Sims II, U.S. Army combat veteran. I love that part. And a graduate yeah. of West Point. <laughs> so you stay and keep doing the things you're doing. And we want uh, to thank you. And then our audience, stay with us, stay with us, stay tuned. We will return after a short break, and we will move on to the next show. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.